Welcome to episode 73 of the Going Upstairs podcast from Opening Up Cricket. Today's topic is performance anxiety and joining me is Ethan Bamber, a Middlesex cricketer who's also relatively recently joined the Opening Up Cricket team and is looking forward to getting out there and doing sessions and various other bits and pieces for us. So what we went through in the discussion was around how he's dealt with the pressures around performance and the anxiety about whether things are going well or not and everything in that area really. And what's great to hear from Ethan is he has thought quite clearly, as you'll find out, about the different things that that go on inside his mind in the lead up to games and how he responds to things. And what's brilliant for people listening, whether you be a recreational player, someone who plays for a living or someone who just has an interest in cricket, is that all these things that sport can 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 uh, make us feel are not always positive of course they can be things which can be quite uh, difficult to deal with but the key is there to to acknowledge them so ethan's going to take you through what he has done over these last few years i think it's really illuminating and hats off to him for the honesty i hope you enjoy it cheers So it is a pleasure to be joined by Ethan. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I've just had my usual um, run over the uh, the attempt at an introduction. So glad we've we've got that one out out of the way there. So we've got a couple of things today. Then one of one is I suppose to have a bit of context about your uh, your involvement with Opium Up Cricket, um, but also we're going to look at the topic of performance anxiety definitely something which people at all levels of sport can can understand they even see it in themselves or, or know of teammates who who have either openly or perhaps more secretively um, had to deal with that so we'll come on to that in a moment but um first of all Ethan you obviously in the middle of a busy season at the at the moment but some point earlier on in the year we, we made contact and we started talking about getting you involved in open cricket so in a nutshell what is it that has prompted you to want to do something in this area um it's i suppose quite a a recent um desire to be involved in things like this um and one that's based off really one of my own experience last summer um I think it was, a, it was a tricky year and has continued to be for a lot of people. And I also struggled. Um, and I think looking back, my mental health was quite severely affected by um, by certain situations, both to do with and not to do with um, the pandemic. And that seeped into my cricket, it seeped into my home life um, and put me in a place that Again, as I say, I didn't necessarily realise at the time, but was was really quite unhealthy. Um, and I certainly wasn't myself on or, or off the field. And I think, you know, I've been fortunate to be fantastically well supported. And it's a continuing journey, but on reflection, it, it was an area that I think is really important. And I'd love to be able to stimulate the conversation just around mental health, be that good or, or less good mental health. Um, and just enable people to feel like they have a forum to talk about it and to, um, to hopefully understand their own journey a little bit better. Sorry, that wasn't really a nutshell. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's big nutshell. Yeah, yeah, but that's it. I think because it is such a broad thing and when it's one's own experience, it, it's hard to be able to have a start and a finish to it. So I think it makes a lot of sense um, what you've said there. Now, with this, I know when we spoke last, we, we touched on some of the themes around how... As a as a professional player, but but also as as as, as anyone playing the game, the the things that can creep in sometimes, the, whether it be the nerves, whether it be anxieties around things, and how we deal with them. Because I think that's something that is always on the table. That if we wanted to help our teammates, thinking what can we do to to help people enjoy it more and, and get the most out of it. So, what are you like in terms of? the lead up to a game, would that be characterised by a lot of nerves? Is it calm? Is it variable? Um, I think it's variable. In in my position, I um, one of the things I've tried to improve is I think I vacillate quite a lot between feeling really, really confident and excited going to a game and feeling quite nervous, um, particularly this season, I've seen a big difference between how I feel before a, a red ball game and a, a white ball game, for example. Um, historically, or like in the past couple of years, my skill set um, has been more geared towards red ball cricket, and I'm starting to feel um, that I'm able to take my place more in those games. But my style of bowling and my lack of experience in white ball cricket has meant that I've often gone into the games really apprehensive and almost in a kind of damage limitation mindset as opposed to a how can I impact this game positively um, and that can be really consuming beforehand I think I'm someone who goes very like quiet and internal when I'm feeling um, not quite myself and that can definitely happen before before big moments I think you often play over in your mind every Every bad scenario, you never really think about the good stuff. Um, or if you do, then it's quickly it's quickly put to bed by a, but what if this happens? Or that, that's my experience anyway. Um, so, yeah, it, I think it's always there. I think you just manage it only then. And then try and take faith from previous performances and from the, uh, your preparation and things like that. You can get on a a role positively or, or negatively, as you say there, depending on what the past experience or the run of performances has been like. If we go at least to start with on a probably more of an, a, a negative side there, when when you found yourself maybe in that that frame of mind where, yeah, it's damage limitation, it's trying to get through it somehow, how do these these thoughts kind of influence you? Is it just solely about what you're doing with the ball, what you might be doing with the bat, what you're doing in the field, or does that seep into to other areas of your, your preparation? Um, I think it certainly in the past has, has kind of left the cricket field, so to speak, and it seeps into me at, like at home and, and socially as well, like almost wanting just to stay stay in, stay quiet, not being so talkative, not feeling, almost having conversations and not feeling massively present or not being able to remember them fully. Um, and actually it's something I've tried to to improve on is really 
kind of acknowledging that I'm um, apprehensive about what's upcoming and and that what's coming up could be bad and could be good. Like I think you put yourself in that situation as a sports person and you put yourself by the very nature of what you do, you are opening yourself up to things going really well and you being the centre and everyone loves that. I think it's ridiculous to say, like if I said I don't have an ego, it's great being the centre when it's all going well. But on the flip side, obviously, you know, you're putting yourself in a position where you can fail very publicly. Um, and so I think acknowledging that's actually been really helpful for me and being like, and then working back from there. And it sounds slightly cliche at the moment, particularly, but what can I actually look after? Well, only certain bits of the, only certain pieces of the puzzle. Some things are so far under control, especially the game like cricket. So this season, I've really tried just to basically focus on one thing and judge myself on one thing following a game and leading up to a game and is and that's whether or not I committed to my preparation and then committed to everything that I wanted to do and every decision that I made. And if I do that and it goes badly, then well I can live with not being good enough. And then I can look at that and try and improve that. But yeah, in the past definitely I've got lost in too many, too many variables and then you're running into bowl or you're sitting at home thinking, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this is going to happen? This is going to happen. And then inevitably, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You just, yeah. yeah, you don't commit and you walk off the field feeling like you left a lot out there. And you've probably got north around you got farm. <laughs> yeah. So with with the thoughts being quite misdirected uh, away from what you can control, what kind of things in in the past would you find yourself maybe thinking too much or even obsessing about which are out of your control in, in a cricket context? Definitely the players I'm playing against, what the people watching are thinking, um, even tiny things like, um, yeah, like what, what my friends would think or um, what the bowling coach can say, like, literally ridiculous things or like um, what my economy rate is and get like should be um, or whether I'm going to play the next game all these things suddenly come in and they take up so much room in your head and then you can't make the right decision in the, in the moment mm. and of course that even as you describe it can sound to someone listening like that's a pretty chaotic way of thinking and, and there's lots going on and it might be quite hard then to narrow down and focus just on the the one or two things that that are there so let's think in it, it say even within a game is there anything that you go to to try and pull yourself back to just trying to trust your process and execute something yeah i think i've started to realize that i'm very much yeah I'm quite like a big picture person and then like a feel person. So I sometimes write on my arm or something just like a keyword. So this often it's been like just commit or process or slow. Um, and then I just try and almost take the batter and the game scenario out of it. Like looking at the word gives me a second to settle and make my decision on what I want to do with the ball. And then it's all then about me just feeling like I know what it feels like when I bowl a good ball and I know, I know what it feels like when I execute and when I commit. 
And so I just try and find that feeling again. That's what I've tried to look for more this year and really slow it down. Because sometimes you can bowl like I can bowl over and a hole over and then you walk down to five leg and almost can't remember each ball. Or you can't like, you can't remember running in or making a decision because you haven't, you've just like spun through it so fast and you haven't given yourself any chance really of making a, an informed or, or courageous decision under, under pressure. And just another thing within within a game itself, before we move a bit further out of that, when you are walking to fine leg, which is the, the classic route, isn't it, at the end of an over, go and have a little uh, little break down there. I'd imagine it's no different in professional game that you're probably not really wanting the ball to come to you. You want to just have a little bit of a, a time off. What's, what's going on for you when you're there, aside from, of course, being aware of what, what's happening in the game. Is that a time to to, to get some moments to, to to switch off or is it renewing your focus? What, what goes on there? I think one of the things that I've really often in the past, it would be thinking about the overs that's just gone. Um, the strange thing, like if I bowl a good over, I probably won't think about it. If I bowl a bad over, I'll think later about it. It's almost like I you know, I expect myself to go good over, so that's just like move on next job, and then I'll think about the next over. So, you know, both in that again, it sounds quite chaotic. I'm in the past, I'm in the future. So, actually, what I'm trying to do at the moment is what I'm trying to improve on is being absolutely in that ball and like, what's my job this ball in this moment? Being really switched on and, and trying to, when I'm not bowling, bring as much energy to the team as I can. Because that almost distracts me then from worrying about my bowling too much, worrying about what's going to happen in three minutes when I have a ball again. Um, obviously, there's some points when you need to think, especially in my work, at all my plans or you know, how I'm going to go about it to a certain batter. But that, I think, happens more subconsciously. Um, so for me, actually, it's trying to be as... Um, engaged as possible in the game that's going on and bring something away from bowling and that I find really helps my mindset then when I get the ball. So if you've got let's say a day a day's play in four day cricket we stick with the red ball for a start and you're going off having let's say you've been fielding either the whole day or at the last part and you're walking off with your bowling boots on and You've, of course, got to come back the next day, whether that's to continue bowling or to to, to, to be in the, the batting innings. This, I think, it doesn't get thought about a lot when we think about players and they're taking their time away from the game. It, I always think of it in terms of after a game. But, of course, the nature of the four-day game is you're within a game still. Whereas if I leave work, although I'm in a week of work, I can still be saying, right, that's Tuesday done and it's going to be uh, a night off and I can do things to get away from it. But how much do you step out of the game or how much are you still in it, even now or in, or as you have experienced it in, in the past, as you go off home? Let's say it's a home game to make it easier. Yeah. Away from Lords, how much of you is still in the game as you're trying to do something else in the evening? It's really a good question, actually. I think... Um... Maybe just by its, its nature, like if it's, a, it's a, if it's a better day, it's a lot easier to switch off from it than if it's not a great day. I think I try, 
I try and use a car journey, so I, like, I really enjoy listening to podcasts, um, fortunately. <laughs> and um, so when I get in the car then, normally when I come off the pitch, I'll have a moment, like if we um, have, have a shower, have a, have a chat, um, get some fuel on board, maybe a bit of a, like, some recovery stuff, do the things that need to be done physically and et cetera to, to make sure you're ready to go for the next day um, and that you're recovering well. But then I think as soon as I get in the car, I try and put a podcast on that I'm interested in. So then I like engage in that and I'm listening to that um, and I'll save them over the week or whatever for games. So I know I have stuff that is going to actually draw my attention away because um, otherwise it's like a 40 minute car journey. You're just stewing and stewing and stewing over what you may or may not do or I'll call someone and so they're, they're things I try and use. And then similarly, when I get home, um, I think you're always going to think about it a bit, but it's almost like if you do find yourself thinking about it, making sure those thoughts are like useful ones and either constructive or kind of acknowledging what's happened and then putting it to bed, not almost trying to fix things that you can't or predict things that you don't know. So try and actually, if you are going to think about it, that's fine. Um, it may use more energy to try and not think about it if you want to, but then actually make that kind of um, beneficial and then find something else. So whether for me, like I quite enjoy it, I'm very bad at it, but playing the piano or like watching a documentary or something, it's something that like requires a bit of attention and, and focus. So my mind isn't just drifting back to, to cricket and um, how many half volleys I've bowled on that particular day. Yeah. So would it be fair to say that in the the past, obviously everything we're talking about is in the past, but I mean kind of further back in the past, you you may not have had such a good system for switching off and some of the anxiety around your performance at the end of a day going into the next one might just continue going as a result of that. Absolutely. Oh, well, I think I attached a lot of kind of self-worth and identity to how I was playing on the cricket pitch. And actually, I think you maybe realise as other stuff starts to come to your life that like people who matter to you should be there whether you're bowling well or bowling badly. Um, and the other things that make you up as a person should be should be there whether you're playing professional cricket or recreational cricket or not. Um, and obviously it matters and obviously it's really important and you love it. Um, but actually, yeah, definitely, I, I, it was all-consuming at, at points, particularly when it wasn't going so well. Um, and I suppose that's in one way because you're so invested in it because it's something, you know, for me, I've wanted to do since I was 15, 16, and I've put a lot of time into and hopefully a lot of effort into. Um, and I really want to, you know, I feel like there's a lot more that I want to try and achieve. And so, like, the thought that, that could be taken away, which, you know, someone in my position has in terms of being like a, a um, first couple of years on the staff and maybe not being established, certainly before I play in the, played in the first team, like, am I going to, like, what happens if it goes badly, all those things. I think they're natural thoughts, um, but it doesn't make them any less kind of prevalent or um, distracting from, from other areas of life. So we hear this a a, a little bit what I'm about to say I think it's always worth visiting whether it be someone whose job's a cricketer or a teacher or 
or whatever is what we view ourselves as and if we give ourselves maybe enough options to get some something good out of a day so I get the feeling that it's very easy as a professional uh, athlete to be defined as say Ethan is a cricketer rather than Ethan Ethan's job is cricket or Ethan plays cricket and that element of the diversification of your interests and what you do with your time can all contribute towards being a bit more comfortable in the fact that yes I'm paid to do it but if it doesn't go well then I'm I'm still able to return home and I'm still this person I have other things that are that are going on is that that process something which you've noticed you've engaged with more as you've as you've found more strategies to to deal with the anxieties and the pressures I think so and I think I know there's a lot particularly in the moment in sport around people cultivating their life kind of outside of the training ground or outside of the the pitch whatever sport that may be and I know particularly in football and rugby players have come under a lot of criticism for investing too much time in a business or a degree or whatever that is and you know if they don't have a good game then inevitably people in the media will say oh they're distracted because they're doing x or they're you know they haven't been focusing on their training I, I mean I think that's absolute rubbish like um you train as a sports person three hours a day, let's say, on, a, on like a bigger training day or five hours, maybe you're at the training ground or wherever you are. There's a lot of other time. Um, and I'm not entirely sure what people expect them to do. And I think actually sitting at home and thinking about your scene position or your alignment when you're running into bowl is, <laughs> might be conscientious in one way but it's also really tiring and probably not that beneficial whereas if you can throw yourself into into something else you're really passionate about I think it it offers a really nice counter to the intense pressure and and scrutiny that you're under every day I think you know every I would say that every single person who plays professional sport wants to do well and puts a lot of pressure on themselves you don't need every aspect of your life adding to that pressure and it's just like a a kettle drum otherwise whereas I think if you have things that you really enjoy that can just take your mind away and it's something yeah as I say I've tried to get better because I used to be like oh I'm just resting or whatever I'll just sit on the sofa you sit on the sofa mindlessly watching tv my mind would um inevitably drift back to cricket and what I wanted to do and what I was going to do at training and it is time you turn up kind of mentally fatigued so I think actually I've tried to find, as I said, active, active hobbies for one of a better word that I that require a little bit of attention but aren't kind of necessarily physically or mentally drained. And in one way they are a distraction, but in the other way, you know, you you have to focus on them and commit to them. And I think it offers a really nice balance because, like, yeah, you wouldn't say to a, or maybe you would, I don't know, you wouldn't say to a lawyer. People are always saying take time off or like, yeah, you wouldn't say go home. I want you to go home and read read cases and read more cases. And um, they do enough of that work. And so I think, you know, not I'm aware that we're really privileged, don't want to sound hard done by us, but like um it, I think it is important just to to find ways to st- stimulate 
yourself in in other areas. Sorry, that's a very long-winded way of saying very long-winded answer. No, no, it's excellent. And I, I one thing I look at in 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 your your job or role that I see some similarities with with my profession is that the line between when you're in work and when you're not in work is not that well defined so you can work in professions where you're physically there and that's it and you can't take things home with you for data protection or whatever and maybe that's becoming less and less common in roles given the advent of new technologies but in in other areas you might be left to do things in your own time like you you have a responsibility to 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 remain physically fit and make good choices with what you eat and drink and and all the rest of it so in that sense it feels a bit like the job carries on yeah all the time much like in say you know just as teaching is an example you'll have your papers to mark and you might have a particular thing where you're thinking a lot about how you approach a situation and again I'm not saying teachers are the only people who do work outside of 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 uh, the building and of course yes get the six weeks off in the summer etc but yeah that can be difficult to to find a way through when you are given a great given a degree of autonomy um and i know that a lot of players from discussions over the years can sometimes find that free the supposed free time quite hard to manage and drift into things which maybe aren't helpful and so on but it sounds like you that's something you've consciously um approached but i would imagine from what you've said there it's clearly an area of of ongoing trial and error yeah well well i think i i had to really and it's not to say that i've i've got you know i've got it nailed down it's something that i continue to to work through so to speak i certainly last year um had real trouble with kind of overtraining and um certain aspects i guess you call it kind of or the powers in that area called it like disordered eating so getting particularly obsessive about certain foods etc um and that all came from a, a a genuine desire to try and be as professional as possible and to try and um get every single aspect of my life in order and i think in my head i i got into a place where it was like you you're either a normal person and this is it sounds kind of um arrogant or or I'm crazy people who don't play professional sport. It's not at all how it's meant. But you're either you're either in the workplace, or you're a sports person, or you're a person, or you're a sports person, and you can't be both. Like you can't have a good time and be professional, or you can't relax and be professional. You can't sit on the sofa, whatever it might be. You can't have a piece of chocolate cake, whatever, yeah, whatever it might be. And I got that balance completely wrong, out of sincere kind of intention. Um, but it got it. I, yeah, that that relationship between work and living just became completely skewed, um, and I ended up, yeah, again for want of a better word, working all the time, and my mind was spinning all the time. And it was, um, so yeah, some people are going to say, "Oh, going to the gym's not really work." And it, I, yeah, again, I'm aware of how privileged you are to be able to do that, and as your job. But um, it was very tiring mentally. 
physically, but more time mentally. Um, and so it's I'm really trying to hold myself more accountable to to leaving training at training or leaving leaving cricket outside of every aspect of my life. And it's not it's not something I always get right. And I think maybe when you when you can't stop thinking about it, it's best actually just to sit and and sit with that and think about it a little bit because and probably in doing that you'll think about it less than if you just try to keep pushing it to your back of your mind. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> but, oh, it yeah. does. Yeah, I can I can hear that can completely. And that paradox exists, doesn't it, between the need to be disciplined and to make sacrifices. That's all we hear about. I read sports autobiographies quite a lot and sacrifice is almost like the key word. You wait for that to come up and you're like, here we go. This is definitely a sports autobiography because sacrifice has been mentioned. And that makes me sound like I'm being really glib there. But but it's something that you you expect to see because that's what separates people. Um, I think we we as as say spectators and, and fans almost take that that for granted that they will have people have had to given up stuff but then yeah that giving up everything um of course then the, the balance is is missed out and i suppose as we as we finish here this year now that things are you know relatively normal and at least all the you know, the, the competitions are running as, as as smoothly as as can be and your your um your outcomes based on the processes that you've been thinking about um have been looking have been looking really good from the outside so perhaps there's a lesson in there in terms of performance and and and, and performance anxiety and that giving you being a bit kinder to yourself is something that will actually end up helping achieve the kind of things that you were wanting to get through being a bit tougher with yourself yeah and it's a funny kind of I think I think you're spot on, and it's a really funny like paradox to, especially for someone who thinks like I do, um, to get your head around. Like I, I was never, I am not, and was never the most naturally gifted or talented kind of cricketer. I'm not one of those like X Factor players. I, I think one of the reasons maybe that I'm fortunate enough to be a cricketer is because I was always trying to do more. It's like, what's my point of difference? But I can work hard. I can do this. And as I said, I, that balance tipped too far. But as you say, being kinder to yourself is actually recognizing that's not sustainable, and you can, you're going to run out of runs on that ladder. And I think the best professionals don't necessarily do more; they do what they do really in in a really high quality way with real focus and intention. And then they're able to just trust in in the work that they put in and allow themselves to live a little um and like anything you know as we've learned so much in the last few years as mental health has become um, a much more prescient topic of conversation a clear mind allows you to to achieve things that someone with maybe more ability and more skill um and clouded thinking would not be able to do and actually in those real clutch moments you can fall back on mental space and mental clarity um and that's what's going to get you through um so i, I think you're absolutely right and that that's um that reference you've made there it's to how the topic of mental health is 
is regarded more. This 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 specific thing we've been we've been talking around the idea of the performance anxiety occupies a really interesting place, I believe, in in say a mental health continuum. In that, we're not necessarily saying that this is anxiety in a clinical sense, where someone would necessarily be be treated for it professionally. Could of course be the case, but everyone experiences a degree of anxiety, and if that's linked to performance in sport or in your job or in your relationships even we might call it different things but we get worried and 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 anxious about how things are going to play out how we deal with it is based on what tools we have and how mentally healthy we are and when we can't deal with it as well it's a little indicator that perhaps things aren't aren't quite right so from from what you've said there it, it it sounds a lot like um, the, the kind of things that we have have discussed previously regarding just finding your own your own way. And I'm going to ask as a final question something that runs a bit counter to that, um, which is always a bit cheesy, but you've got to throw this kind of thing in. From what you've you've picked up in this period of time about managing performance anxiety, what would you wish to pass on to to a player or? or a, just a person about what you've learned about that or what's the the most important thing in helping that in that regard i think for me it was firstly acknowledging it and realizing that it's something a lot of people experience it's not abnormal it's not necessarily kind of dangerous um it's certainly not weak it is a human feeling about putting yourself in a vulnerable situation and if you can again it sounds glib and cheesy but if you can change a thought of what could go wrong to to what an opportunity you're about to to experience then that can be really positive um and i think helpful although and i think even if it's artificial even if it's completely and i do it so i'm sitting there being like this is a great opportunity and then you've got the other person on your shoulder go, I'm really, really nervous. This could go terribly wrong. But this is an opportunity. I think you know, there is research around like self-talk and stuff like that. And I think it does probably have a difference. And the other thing just is to understand that being kind to yourself, whatever that looks like for you, is not um, lazy, is not complacent, is not being unprofessional. It's maybe exactly the opposite. Uh, your job is to perform, your job is to do that. And actually, it's not just to do with sports, whatever you do. Isn't it? it's, you know, there's millions of people performing at an extraordinary, extraordinarily high level. Um, they just don't get to do it in front of people. Um, so what I think it's whatever you do, um, you have to be in the best place to do that. And whatever you need is, is the right thing. Yeah, I think that's a little perfect way for us to finish there so i will conclude by of course saying thank you as is the uh, the right thing to do at the end of a, a conversation but also to say good luck with the rest of the season and of course um look forward to to hearing more from you uh on this kind of topic but um but but also just on as we've said before on things that might not immediately occur to people that are our mental health so great to chat as ever ethan and um, yeah good luck with the rest of the season thank you so much cheers